0: So, I was at home picking out for tonight and I kept finding all these mothballs in my cupboard. What?
1: What kind of sicko is out there castrating all these moths? Acceptable, Acceptable company. company hello 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 hello
0: everybody welcome back <laughs> good to have you good to have you here to see. hey uh, so i finally with my friends went and did something a long time coming i believe it was our first episode you talked to me about something that you've done that i asked you to do mm. and that was watch the musical hamilton yes that was quite a while ago so i love hamilton i know the soundtrack i watched the disney plus movie bum
1: bum 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 bu- 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 there's a bastard orphan son of a whore
0: (laughs) sounds like you've done some research
1: (laughs) it's my number one listen to song on spotify this year thanks very much is it really it is
0: okay only because
1: i wanted to memorize the rap
0: so we both love hamilton yes (laughs) I um finally watched a stage show
1: Nice How so, was it?
0: Uh, it was amazing It was really good So we bought tickets I feel like probably about a year ago now um, And it got postponed Canceled due to COVID So it's taken this long For us to actually go out and watch it Um, And it was great It was great it, It's hard to separate The Broadway cast And the original recording With the, the live show I watched Like if if you don't know the musical that well You wouldn't notice But because I've listened to the soundtrack Heaps of times You can tell little things Inflections Little, mm. little beats here and there like mm. but for the most part it was really good life everyone did a really good job
1: any standout performances or characters
0: i think the the guy that played hamilton himself <laughs> was um was good
1: you'd hope better. so eh?
0: well i would argue lin Manuel, well even though i really love the guy he's not exactly a broadway singer to yeah. the extent that some other people in the cast were yeah he wrote it he's a genius but he's he he was probably the weaker cast member out of the main cast on the broadway production yeah but this time, they actually got a, a singer. musical yeah. Guy, yeah. And he, he played a bit more, you know, he's a bit more kind of aloof and fun, as opposed to Limonwell was very dramatic. Mm, got and it. A little bits. Um, some cast members were just kind of imitating the Broadway cast. It was quite funny. Courtney had not been to many live shows before, so while she was watching it, she's like, are they are they miming? No, no, no. I see microphones <laughs> and she's like, the music mustn't be live though. There must be the a soundtrack. I'm like, no, no, no. There's, there's an orchestra underneath the stage. So on the intermission, I took it down and I showed her where the orchestra was. Oh, it was good. It was a good time. So I want to talk about, I just want to talk about musicals in general. Just the stage, like why I love them. and But also I want to talk about, um, there's a movie on Netflix at the moment called Tick Tick Boom, which is the story of John Larson who wrote Rent. I don't know if you heard of Rent the musical. I have. So Andrew Garfield is John Larson, and Lin-Manuel, who we've talked about, the writer of Hamilton, it was his directorial debut. I thought the movie was quite good. Um, I think it's got a like a La La Land vibe to it. So I don't know if it'll be for everybody.
1: Mm, not for me.
0: Yeah. It's a it's a musical movie. Mm. In fact, tick boom was like a short play that this character, John Larson, came up with himself. And all the music is his original music or like music that he hadn't released yet or they kind of put it all together. Because it's a tribute to this guy. Um, so the plot follows this character trying to get this play he's writing um, like released and he's taken how many years to write this play and he's he's running out of money and he's working in a diner and he's he's about to turn 30 and his girlfriend wants to go off and live her life and is he coming with her or is he going to stay here and try and pursue his dream and he feels like he's failing but he's so close to success and it's all these questions about what you have to sacrifice i guess to succeed which is something that kind of resonates with me in a way it was, it was quite a impactful movie, but the tragedy of it all is that Ticktick Boomer is kind of an autobiography. So he struggled for a long time, and then when he was thirty-five, he released Rent, which went on to be a massive success. But the the author John Larson, actually died like the night of the premiere of Rent. Whoa! He never he never saw how popular it became, which I think is is such a tragedy. Poor guy struggled his whole life and he died at 35 years old and he, he didn't see the success. He didn't see any of his struggle result in fruition. And Lin-Manuel, actually, as a kid, he went and saw Tick-Tick-Boom and it was part of his inspiration for him running musicals. And that's why he wanted to make this movie. Um, he, he wanted to make this Netflix Tick-Tick-Boom movie as a tribute to Lord John Larson who inspired him and who tragically never got to see his own success.
1: So that's yeah. kind of like the Hamilton story, right? right? Hamilton is like this forgotten person in American history and Lin-Manuel wanted to highlight and showcase him because he felt like he didn't get the recognition that he deserved.
0: Yeah, I kind of, I mean, I love the musical, but the the subject matter is kind of odd to me. Like, why Hamilton? But I, I heard Lin-Manuel read like a... A biography on him or something and, and it really He really took to the character mm. So I guess I've always been raised To appreciate musicals You know, my mom and dad Raised me to Watching like Jesus Christ Superstar And Fan of the Opera And Cats and Les Mez So I come from a family That's always appreciated This sort of thing And I understand It's not for everybody And I sense, Some people don't get it Because there's Different rules to musicals You know, like Just because they're Breaking out into song Doesn't mean that They're actually singing You know, you have to Kind of know what they're like i can't imagine someone that just rocks up to a musical for the first time that they'd be totally lost but it's good i love it and i love there's something amazing about watching these people on stage because it's like i feel like it's the last true form or one of the last true forms of pure talent that people are being appreciated for like there's nowhere to hide there's no editing it's all live. You know, if you make a mistake, it's in front of everybody. And it's it's just it's just pure talent. And it's amazing seeing what humans can do, I guess, right in front of you.
1: Mm. I love music. I love singing. I love entertainment and seeing stuff on stage. Yeah. But I don't like musicals. There's something about it. Like, even that TV show Glee couldn't get into it. Like, and everyone's like, oh, I thought you'd love it because it's got all the elements of things that you would like. But it's the, I think the tackiness of mm. the breaking out into songs. It doesn't resonate with me. It's a bit cringy. It's too much, yeah. So I do like certain musicals. I was drawn to The Book of Mormon because it was made by the same people who did South Park. Mm. So it had that humor element. So
0: it was already kind of a parody in itself.
1: Yes, exactly. So
0: the musical, the singing was kind of just an added level of... Um, Making fun of Of something. joke.
1: Yes, correct. I liked Hamilton. Because it had a hip hop element.
0: Hamilton's modern, and I think that's why it is so popular. Because the music isn't straight up Broadway singing. But
1: yeah,
0: well, what about what about like musical movies? Like no. what about Disney movies? Yeah. Or like Pixar movies, where they sing like Coco yeah. or, or Moana.
1: Yeah, I don't mind it because it's not tacky. Because it's a cartoon. It's not a human adult.
0: So you're already suspending your belief because it's an animated show. Correct. The rules are a little different to a.
1: Yes. And the music in Moana slaps, let's be real.
0: Oh, it's written by Lin-Manuel. Yeah. (laughs) So there we go. We've done a full circle. I, yeah, I I get what you're saying. Mm. And I I know why musicals aren't for everybody. Mm. Some people just get drawn out of the show completely once they start singing. Mm. But... I don't know. I love them. I think there's 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 an art to writing a real impactful song and the way it's portrayed and performed that you can only get in musicals. You know, some of the lyrics are just genius. The way they tell a story through song.
1: So are there (laughs) any big musicals coming up that you want to watch?
0: Yeah, actually. Moulin Rouge is coming to Sydney. um, So I'm hoping to get tickets for that. My family did have tickets to Wicked as well, but that got postponed due to COVID. Um, and I actually, after watching Tick Tick Boom, I'd really like to watch Rent because that's one I haven't seen before.
1: Ah, nice. So. Like, as in Live. Yeah. dancing life okay
0: yeah i don't even I, I didn't even know what it was about but it's um it sounds quite impactful oh so you've that. not
1: watched it like at all even a recorded not version. At all. okay I've never
0: heard any music from it don't know anything
1: got it um i'm really glad that you explained what tick tick boom was because i would have just assumed it was a parody of remember when that girl went viral at king's cross there was like a news story about her and she was like tick, boom
0: no idea oh, okay. what you're talking about. But no, it's nothing to do with that.
1: Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to show you the Please bit. don't go into that expecting
0: to see a, a girl at King Cross station. <laughs> but, but yeah, um there are a few cool musicals coming out always.
1: I'm glad you finally got to see it.
0: Oh, me too. It was it was a long time coming and it lived up to the expectations. It was great.
1: So Matt, I wanted to talk about an activity that I used to do semi-regularly prior to being locked down. Popscotch. Yes. <laughs> how did you know how did you know um, I wanted to talk about float tanks being in a float tank, the whole float tank
0: experience. Yes.
1: Um, I guess just talk a little bit about the experience and have you, have you done it before? No. Um, maybe if you had any questions then you could. I have plenty answer. of questions. Okay. So basically the idea is you are lying in this pod filled with really salty water, some special salts, not just, you know, Saxa, like some, <laughs> some Epsom or whatever. And so it's so salty to the point where you have to float. You can't drown yeah, it's like the, It's like the Red Sea. Yeah and um, the water is set to the same temperature as your body and it's in pitch black as well so it's almost like you can't even feel your body because the surroundings are the same temperature. Does mm. that make sense? Like it's almost like you have no body and you're just this floating being you know. Yeah. It's, it's kind of like I don't know I would liken it to A form of meditation or something that makes you feel really... Connected to the ethos. Yes, exactly. I love that stuff, as you know. And... The first time that I went, I guess that's what lured me in because it was such a profound experience in terms of, I felt like I was floating through a galaxy. And so I was seeing a lot of like images and a lot of thoughts coming to me. Like, you know, I guess in the hustle and bustle of your real life, you don't get that much time to really think about the things that you push to the back of your mind. I don't know. So it's really time to yourself to not feel or think anything other than what's going on up here
0: what's the main like selling point for these what did you call them
1: float tank sensory deprivation chamber
0: Someone's selling a session for one of these things. Mm. What are they trying to push? Like, what are they saying it's good for you for? Are they saying just a relaxing experience where you get to zone out? Is it marketed as a meditation I, th- I tool? think
1: it's different for everyone. So for me, for instance, it's an opportunity to be creative and channel the creative aspect of your brain. It's kind of just a time to think. It's whatever is in your mind. Let's say you're grieving something. Maybe it's time to grieve that thing. Let's say it is I need to get away from my kids and my husband husband and need to relax on my own and it's just time on your own to float and, and how long relax. is the session um i think it's different everywhere the one that i go to is like 75 minutes so an hour and 15.
0: that seems like a lot of time for me to just be in there with my thoughts
1: i think i definitely wouldn't recommend it for someone who doesn't like being alone with their own thoughts <laughs>
0: I just The thought of being trapped in a coffin-like chamber where it's pitch blackness and no sensation, that kind of intimidates me. Okay,
1: but you're not trapped. You can leave at any point. You can open the door.
0: But it's still like, that. Just it just seems a little bit scary.
1: Are you afraid of the dark or are you claustrophobic?
0: I'm more claustrophobic.
1: Okay, maybe not for you then. <laughs> but I, I actually don't think, it doesn't feel claustrophobic because it's pitch black. Like you don't know that you're stuck in a thing. I just,
0: I feel like I'd either get bored. Yeah. Or I'd just be sitting there just going, oh, I wonder how much time has passed.
1: Yeah. I've
0: I've still got to do this. I've got to go shopping. Yeah, but
1: see, that's you thinking about stuff that's ahead of you. Whereas being in this chamber is an opportunity to stop time, to stop the hustle and bustle of your rat racy life. And it's just time to yourself to just be.
0: Do they come and get you after your time's up?
1: No, they play music. Ah. Yeah, they play music and then um, the lights turn on in your little room. You're in a room with a shower and stuff. Oh, So it's like a self-contained room with your pod in it. You can get in and out whenever you please. Interesting. Some cons, though. Go on. So it's really salty water. Can't drink it. You cannot. But also, <laughs> highly recommend not getting it in your eyeballs. Oh. Yeah, it stings pretty bad. Dude. And that's quite distracting from the time, you know? <laughs> that's quite like... Oh, uh, I can definitely feel my body because my eye stings like a My motor. eye is watering. Yeah. Um. Also, it's a little bit expensive for what some people might describe as just lying in a body of water.
0: Yeah, but it sounds kind of like... Uh, it sounds very bougie. Like, I can't imagine, you know... Er,
1: Trevor from Mandarin. Yeah,
0: would want to go in a sensory <laughs> deprivation chamber.
1: Yeah, fair enough. This
0: is like a, a health fad, you yeah. know, that some people don't jump onto or have... The capacity for that in their lives. Yeah, but okay. that, how much is a 75 minute uh, stint?
1: You'd be looking at.
0: Wait, let me guess. Mm. 75 I, I mean, if I've got
1: a, I'm going to give you a, a $20 window.
0: Okay. It's 75 minutes. And I think for a massage of that type of time, you're probably mm-hmm. looking at about the $60, 70 $80 mark. Okay. I bet this is more because it's marketed to people that would be into this sort of thing. Mm-hmm. And they don't mind paying a lot of money for health. Gimmicks. <laughs> mm-hmm. So I'm thinking Gimmicks. I'm <laughs> thinking um seventy five dollars I reckon you're looking at hundred
1: and fifty. Uh no. Seventy to ninety dollars. Okay. A dollar a minute. That's
0: not bad. That's not bad. I do it for 10 minutes.
1: <laughs> <laughs> also, if you need to go to the toilet, quite distracting. You don't go in the toilet. No, you? <laughs> no. You get up, you have to go, and then come back in. And it's hard to get back in the zone, you know? But yeah, like I said, definitely not for people who don't like to be left to their own thoughts.
0: I don't know. I mean, I live alone, so I'm not opposed to being alone. But, but, I feel but like when
1: it... you're alone, you play games. You yeah, like exactly. do something with your to focus on.
0: Exactly. This is just me in the dark with my mind.
1: Yeah. Whereas when I'm alone, I like to write a gratitude journal or like do stuff like that, like reflect. Yeah, I think if you don't like reflecting, not for you.
0: I mean, I'd I'd be open to trying it, but Mm -hmm. I just—I don't know if I'd get the full experience. I I just feel like it. I'd leave, and I'm like, yeah, it was kind of cool, but.
1: My advice to anyone trying it for the first time would be: go with no expectations. Don't go expecting to have some epiphany or feel or see anything, just go and experience it for what it is and try to get into it. Try to not think about, oh, it's so weird that I'm in this salty water tank and why am I doing this? <laughs> and how did you convince me to do this?
0: How did, how did I get here? <laughs> you might be asking yourself how yeah, I got here.
1: I Definitely- just try and be present that would be my advice
0: so how often did you used to do this
1: not too often maybe like every quarter
0: okay do you miss it now that you haven't done it in a while
1: yeah i've been thinking about going back apparently they sent me an email because i think not many people are coming back because they're scared about catching covid yeah and so they're like the salts are so intense in this pod that bacteria cannot survive in it so if if anywhere if you were going to be anywhere during covid times this is the safest place to be
0: do they clean it between people though
1: there is a flushing process i don't know to what extent though i would
0: just say what if you're still in there when they use the flushing process and you just like spun around in this pod (laughs) because i reckon people pee in the tank
1: well, I, I'm going to choose to remain ignorant on that. I hope not.
0: Okay. All right. Well, that, that, look, it, it, it sounds interesting. If someone gave me a gift voucher for one.
1: Mm-hmm. Hint, hint.
0: I would do it. Uh-huh. Um, but I don't think it, I don't know if it's something I'd seek out.
1: Yeah, that's fair enough. I
0: don't know. I am kind of curious though. And I do a lot of things for curiosity's sake.
1: Mm, so would I. <laughs> <laughs> so I, maybe someone will get you something and then you can talk about it on the podcast, your experience.
0: If I do go to one of these things, I will absolutely talk about it. So, Z, there's um, a lot of things about being a parent that scares me. Mm. (laughs) That's how I'm going to start this segment. (laughs) Something that frightens me is just the fact that how do you know you're doing a good job? Because there's there's so many little things you can do that can scar your child for life and turn them into an awkward, anxious mess.
1: Mm. And like when people see psychologists and stuff, it's always something to do with their childhood. Their parents, exactly.
0: My parents did this and I'm sure the parents did the best they could, but life and experiences turns people into monsters. Mm. So that's, yeah, it's, it's always something at the back of my mind. Not that I am having kids anytime soon. If ever But it's there Now one of the things That I've often pondered And, and I've witnessed this With my, my nieces And nephew Is that The kids these days Are being raised in an era With, with screens Right mm. with Phones Tablets Gaming consoles This is something that Our generation Didn't have to deal with I think mobiles Didn't really become a big thing Until we were in high school And even then They were Not to the degree We have them now mm. we, we had
1: s- Snake And we had to pay For every text message so, 25, 25 cents yeah. a text message how, <laughs> So we weren't spending Too much time how How insane
0: is that? That's dumb. I can't believe. But yes, (laughs) we didn't have the capabilities we have now. We couldn't take photos. We couldn't go on the internet. We couldn't talk to random strangers, right? These days, it's different. Your phone can do so many things now. So I wanted to talk about your opinion on giving phones to young people. What Mm. ages to do, you know, what sort of restrictions you can put on it, Mm. when to give them a phone, when they need a phone. How much of life can you go through without a phone these days? Because even during school, they all have a laptop, I believe now, Mm. or a tablet or something. You know, that's how school is just done. I bet long gone are the overhead projectors of of yesteryear when we would sit there and, and the teacher would bring out all these overhead slides. They have you know, PowerPoints and pre-made lessons now with a projector. I saw when my nieces were homeschooled during COVID, the teacher would talk to them on Zoom and then they'd go on their, their computers and they'd do their whatever they had to do off through their computers. It's it's a new era.
1: Mm, I definitely think that technology has a lot of positives, a lot of access to things that you wouldn't have had access to and a lot of learning material and ways to learn and resources that have been really helpful for education. Yeah, But at the same time, the internet, is scary, scary, wild. It's a wild, wild west out there. It is. And even I remember me, like we've just spoken about it before, as like a 12 year old with the internet. They are going to go out there and explore this wild, wild west.
0: Wild, wild west, and there's no sheriffs. <laughs>
1: you're right and it is terrifying because there's two sides to this right you want to restrict their usage you want to limit their screen time but you don't want to hold them back what if in 20 years time you need to have certain know-how to live life and you've held them back you didn't let them use the screen and then now they don't know how to function function yeah
0: well think about think about how how much phones have become an integral part of life now Mm. we didn't have have them when we were growing up so life has adapted around phones now Mm. like our parents generation or even older they're struggling to keep up with technology yeah you've seen them try to try to check in with covid apps (laughs) and they 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 pull out their their piece of paper printouts of their vaccination records (laughs) So there's so much of a a focus for raising children has been on, on screen time. You know, how much screen time do they get? Because you see it all the time. Kids on trains and their parents have just given them a phone to use to keep them quiet, to keep them complacent. I was on the train going to work one day and there was a kid was on swearing at his mom really bad. His kid's like probably under 10 and his mom, can't remember, but she, she stopped him playing a game or wanted him to play the iPad instead of the iPhone so she could use it. And he's swearing at her, calling her a bitch and all sorts of things. Mm. It's amazing how much of their lives. Uh, my, my niece, the favorite thing she wants to talk about is Roblox, which fantasy animal she's got on this Roblox game. And, you know, it's...
1: I honestly think there's no protecting them from it. Like if you're not going to give it to them, they're going to go hang out with their friends and look at their friends' phones and spend time on their friends' phones.
0: And then they'll be like, oh, so-and-so's mom, that's her play their phones. Yeah, exactly. And they come and home, we are trying to restrict it.
1: Exactly. And they're going think... to hate you. Yes.
0: And not talk to you until they're 27.
1: <laughs> so there's no restricting it. I think it's just one of those things where different generations grow up with different environments. So, you know, there was a time where all the teens were smoking and going to the milk bar. And, you know, I don't know. And then, oh, and then there was punk and then everyone was a punk and then, I don't know, like there are just things that, yeah, you just grow up with certain we grew up with say msn mm. and that was a big thing for us and our parents were probably like oh they're always on msn like talking to their friends all afternoon but humans just evolve i guess and adapt and change over time that's what makes generations generations we can't expect the younger generation to be exactly like us because they're not we are actually worlds apart
0: the thing is i think in this day and age there are more threats out there yeah um, especially online there are threats generally i think i think the world is just a less safe place mm. like we used to play out in the streets all the time you don't see that anymore
1: mm. I, I think it's a matter of technology is evolving so fast and our processes are too slow to catch up to it so we need to like in schools teach kids about
0: stranger danger yeah
1: <laughs> like what not to do on the internet what is a phishing scam email mm. um you know just
0: yeah the amount of people that I've heard where the kids have spent hundreds of dollars on their credit card because it's linked to their iTunes account, you know, like just, you know, just clicking ads for buy now, buy now. And they're, they're spending all this money. That's not even beginning to mention the the people they can meet on the internet. Yeah. I've, I've heard of people like they put videos. How often do you see kids watching like Peppa Pig or something on the on YouTube? Mm. And people release these videos and then they, they splice in the middle something really grotesque or mm. awful or mm. h- horrific, like, like dead bodies or something really mm. awful or subliminal messages, all this stuff. Like people are out there just to screw with kids. And that, yeah, it's always been the case. But this is something that parents can't police. They don't know if that this fifth Peppa Pig video that... They've The kids clicked on themselves Because they can all use phones mm. They all know how to function on YouTube The parents aren't sitting there Choosing which videos they watch They're just mm. clicking on this one They don't know How about mm. all the these famous YouTubers That these kids are following And that's why they're so rich We don't know what they're influencing The kids to be doing
1: Yeah, and that's what I hate About influencer culture The fact that For a young impressionable person mm. They don't have I guess they didn't live before the internet To know that that's not real Or it's put together It's curated They think that's just what people
0: not to mention all the, the real popular like videos that kids love. I've seen some of the stuff they do and it's it's really shit. Like it's mm. just they go to Kmart and they start throwing balls around random passerbys or mm. I saw this, this really popular Instagram model, I watched a video on it. She went and she was like just kissing random strangers on the street, just kissing them on the cheeks, you know? Mm. And kids will eat that stuff up. Mm. They'll be like, hey, "This is so funny," but that's sexual assault, mm. you know. And, and that's assault, brother. And who's to stop? Who's to stop a bunch? Of, like I've seen kids like doing TikTok videos on the street, and they're like 13, 14 years old. Yeah, it, it's it's really sad.
1: It is. It I feel very <laughs> sad for the future yeah
0: but is it, and it's hard to police I yeah. don't I guess I don't Um, I have sympathy for parents these days trying to raise a kid in this environment because it's kind of like damned if you do damned if you don't you either overexpose them to the internet and all the horrors that belong with that or you try and restrict them so much and they, they hate you for taking away something they really enjoy
1: I guess there is an in between as well in terms of maybe the kid will just use the child block version of YouTube well, or... Like I
0: know there are there are ways to restrict what they can view and what they can interact with but kids are clearly these days Mm. and
1: and curious
0: and curious and people are also cluey and and I bet they know how to get around these child blocks
1: Mm. and there are a lot of creeps out there
0: there unfortunately are a lot of creeps out there
1: Mm. yeah so So, it's a tough one I have no I
0: don't know if there is an answer yeah I know you can buy phones that are limited in their capabilities Mm. they can just do like phone calls and but all their friends are going to have have
1: iPhones and then it needs to be a mass it needs to be a a governed law thing I think for it to work otherwise the kids are going to get the hand-me-down iPhones when the dad upgrades yeah and
0: well i use my iphones so they break Mm. so no iphones for my kids (laughs) but yeah it's it's just one more thing to stress about as an adult or as a parent i should say and it stresses me out and i don't have any kids
1: yeah it stresses me out too (laughs) that's such a weird (laughs) note to end on (laughs) Uh, you know just do your best just do your best that's
0: the that's the madden z message to all the parents out there you're doing great just do your best
1: yeah so our first acceptable or not comes from Seth in Jindavine.
0: Seth, thank you very much.
1: Hey, thanks for writing in. So on his Tinder profile, he has written that he has a preference for exotic women. So women with like darker brown skin. Mm. And someone messaged him and said that that was racist.
0: They called him out on it. Yeah.
1: He's white. Okay. So I guess having a racial preference in terms of attraction that is not your own race, acceptable or not?
0: Oh, it's, it's, it's some sticky territory we yeah, can go a into bit curly, here. A bit hairy. <laughs> um look on the one hand if you find people attractive you find them attractive mm. right it's maybe the where he goes wrong is is specifically saying he's got a type or but i mean we all have a type don't we, we all have
1: a type exactly
0: but i have i have also heard people getting offended for liking a particular race or or ethnicity it's tricky i mean we're all allowed to like certain qualities right but maybe it's in in calling it particularly liking a race that's wrong
1: i think it It's okay to say, I have a slight preference for such and such, but attraction is attraction and you could be attracted to anyone. But I think saying I'm only exclusively attracted to this is maybe questionable.
0: It depends on the person if they find it questionable or not. Some people are just easily offended. (laughs) Mm. And I don't know. I mean, look, if I was on Tinder and someone, I messaged him and I said, sorry, I'm only interested in Asian guys. Mm. I don't think I'd find that offensive. Maybe it would change the way i looked at her as a person maybe i would find her less attractive in terms of her personality so yeah maybe i do think it's a little unacceptable to say that
1: this reminds me a little bit of um i had a friend male from a country in africa and he was saying that he would question women who like tried to hit on him because he felt like maybe he was being objectified like he didn't know if they liked him or if they liked the idea of being with someone that looked like him right which i think was very interesting because I'd never thought about it like that before you'd think that like oh if they have a preference towards what I am then good for me ha 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 but to then have to question the motivation motivation
0: I mean, look, an initial attraction, especially over a dating app, is always physical, right? Mm. But it still takes multiple dates or meeting in person to find out if you think there's something actually there. So I think finding him attractive because he's from Africa, I don't think there's anything wrong or racist about that.
1: But what if they're seen as like a bucket list item?
0: I guess it's up to him to determine that. Like if if someone comes up and says, I specifically don't like white males, it's...
1: Maybe that's it Maybe it's not that You have a preference It's bad But if you exclude A particular thing No I, But then you can
0: At the same time If you don't like yeah, something You don't like yeah, something you're
1: right You're right
0: it's, it's like people saying If you don't like Overweight people You're being fat phobic Right And fair enough Everyone deserves To be appreciated and loved But if you don't find People with that body structure Attractive You know It's nothing personal It's perfectly fine Not to find someone attractive Or to find someone attractive Of certain qualities mm, Yeah in, in black and white it's got to be it's got to be acceptable, acceptable right there's nothing wrong with having for, for liking certain things mm. or finding certain things attractive
1: here's what I don't like though when guys like Asian girls because they think that they're submissive and like meek and gonna do all the chores around the house
0: so uh, yeah and even that 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 could all be subliminal they might not know that outwardly mm. that if for some reason are attracted to this race or type of person mm.
1: I think the underlying factor here is are you attracted to to them, who they are, and their race is just a bonus, or what they look like is just a bonus. Or are you only attracted to them because they are that race and then that's that's the only reason you're with them? Who
0: they are as a person or who your idea of them is.
1: Yes, I think so. So I think if you actually like this person as a human being, first and foremost, acceptable.
0: But what if we say, what if we go back to the example where someone say, I I only date white people. And then they they genuinely meet somebody they find attractive and they really like them. So that's okay.
1: I, I think I still have a problem, a slight problem, with I only exclusively do this. You can have a preference. That can be your usual type.
0: Yeah, I mean, the whole point of Tinder, for example, is you're swiping left and right. Mm. If you've got a preference, you don't have to flat out say it. You're just going to be swiping right on that preference. Mm.
1: I think acceptable to have a racial preference as long as you're not putting your foot down on it. As, so long, as, it's,
0: yeah, as long as it's not a Nazi point of view.
1: Mm. <laughs> yeah.
0: Everyone's allowed to have preferences and and what they find attractive in a partner. Yeah. So I I think, yes, acceptable. Mm. Just because, yes, it has to be acceptable because everyone has preferences. Mm. But keep it tasteful.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Our next one comes from Fran in Surrey Hills.
0: Fran, thank you very much.
1: So she lives in a share house. And she heard her housemate on the other side of the wall. Vacuuming. No. Doing another loud a loudish activity with another person. Two people Twister.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Wrestling.
1: So there was she heard like, you know, just general moaning and whatnot. Bumping and grinding. Yes, bumping and grinding. And she wanted to say something but didn't feel like she had any authority to, I guess. So, having loud sex in shared housing.
0: I, there's a lot of factors here, okay. right? I think if if they're in the privacy of their room mm. and the walls are just that thin that you'd hear them regardless, mm. that's just bad luck. That's just one of the things that goes with a shared house. If they are yelling, spanking... <laughs> all that and mm. they know she's home. Mm. There's a difference there. Okay. A difference there. They they, they can't not have sex just mm. because the roommate's home. Mm. But, yeah, they can choose how public they want to make that sex. Some people like it. Some people, they like being loud if they think someone else can hear. Mm. That's a turn on for them.
1: But what if this person, what if the housemate is home all the time? Let's say they work from home and they just like being at home.
0: Can they do it at the other person's house?
1: Mm, let's say the other person lives with their parents.
0: Um, I,
1: I'm just making this up. But no, I I'm, know what you're saying. Yeah.
0: So they have a right to express their sexuality in the privacy of their own house.
1: Mm. Like she's paying rent to she, live there.
0: She is. And they also could find someplace by themselves if they want to have obnoxiously loud sex they're both making a decision to expose themselves to that situation mm-hmm. so Fran has to accept that that comes with a shared house but also this couple should accept that they may have to keep a lid on things mm. if they also live in a shared house
1: mm, yeah okay so you're saying part of the deal of living in a shared house is to consider other people live there
0: yeah exactly right and if you don't as some people wouldn't then Fran either says something or she moves that's part of the that's the risk of, of living with a stranger or even a friend in a shared house experience that's why a lot of these things are so difficult not just for the loud sex but for everything everything is a gamble everything is a are they going to agree with the way i do this mm. you know and having to a final compromise and if no compromise can reach things explode and that's the same as this if they want to have loud sex frank can say something and if they go look sorry we didn't know and they turn it down then great we've reached an accord but if they don't then realistically they they don't need to
1: so you're saying except then ultimately
0: (sighs) ah no it's
1: where is the line
0: i think the line is if fran says something and they don't tone it down okay i think she has to say something i'm saying they don't have to tone it down but i'm still saying they should if it's an issue i'm saying it they're in their rights It's the right
1: thing to do it's the right thing to do
0: (laughs) they're in their rights to have sex as loud as they want and obnoxiously as they want but Mm. if they know fran doesn't like it and they don't choose to they're in the wrong
1: but what if Fran is too like timid or shy to say something? So let's just take that out of the equation. She has not said anything to say it bothers her. Well,
0: then how do they know it's bothering her? Mm. How do they know it's an issue? How do they know he, she can even hear them?
1: So in that case, if she doesn't say anything, acceptable.
0: If if Fran doesn't <laughs> say anything, then it's unfortunately it's on her. She gonna make her grievances known and heard mm. if she wants a resolution.
1: And what's the correct way to approach this conversation? Let's do a role play. I am the housemate your friend oh hey friend oh hey how you doing (laughs) cool handbag girl thanks it's a Gucci
0: (laughs) I spent all my mom's rent on it (laughs) look Monique I couldn't help but but over here last night I was I was in my room and and you and Brad were pretty noisy
1: oh yeah we love being noisy
0: oh it's just a little bit uncomfortable I, I didn't like hearing it I suppose do you mind toning it down next time
1: what do you mean you didn't like hearing it what about it didn't you like
0: Monique, come on, man.
1: (laughs) (laughs) You don't think that I pay rent, he, Brent? You don't think that I pay rent to live in my This is breaking
0: down quite quickly. (laughs) Monique seems to be a bit unreasonable in this situation.
1: (laughs) I'm just trying to give you a scenario. Well,
0: in that situation, I'd probably want to move out anyway, because Monique (laughs) Monique has issues
1: so I'm very unhinged yeah that's
0: that's not that's the least of <laughs> friends worries so
1: <laughs>
0: i'm going to i'm going to give you the hierarchy here yeah. right at the top of the pyramid we have ideally everyone respects privacy and and, and quiet
1: okay so very gentle and polite and slow yes sex.
0: you're not doing anything obnoxiously loud and Fran accepts that living in a shared house you might occasionally hear something. Okay. Some rompy pompy. Next ladder is when they are obnoxiously loud. Mm. Fran says something and they say, I'm sorry I'm gonna, we'll dial it back next time. Mm. The next rung on the ladder, same scenario but Fran to- says something and they ignore it. Mm. Um, that's unacceptable. That's bad. Next run on the ladder, Fran doesn't say anything. In this case, they'll still be obnoxious but they're under no obligation to stop.
1: Okay. What if the remedy to this situation is they turn up like heavy metal music really loud so it drowns out their sound but now fran is listening to heavy metal loud
0: it's more polite than just hearing sex i think at the end of the day it's up to fran if she wants to expose herself to that situation and if she refuses to say anything or if the other party refuses to listen it's up to fran to to make the change okay unfortunately
1: good luck with that fran hopefully your conversation goes better than our hypothetical hypothetical
0: yeah i hope monique's a bit a bit more (laughs) A bit nicer in your scenario yeah at the end of the day if you're in an uncomfortable situation it's it's up to you the person to remove yourself from it before you assume any other human is a decent human being you remove yourself from that situation so acceptable or not
1: i think acceptable if you're in a shared house you sign up for a shared house
0: uh, if it's obnoxiously loud intentionally loud i think not acceptable
1: or oh, frank could play music on her end
0: yeah play the piano <laughs> Just start.
1: <laughs> the accordion
0: she could i she just put on he- headphones you know yeah. it, like i said it's 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 the compromises you make for living in a shared house
1: yeah all righty that's a wrap for this episode
0: thank you very much zara for joining me you're welcome <laughs> thank you everybody <laughs> yeah, thank for, you too i guess um thanks everyone for tuning in and listening it's great to have you all
1: catch you next time
0: bye